Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. I'm skipping ahead to Horsemanship Remark show number 59. Michael and I had a deep, weedy discussion about the soft feel, developing it, what does it mean, how each horse is different. We talked about a horse named Jax that I had years ago, one of my bridal horses, and how he taught me the principle of the horse can move their own body. That is the autonomy that we should be giving them because they're the only ones that know truly what is possible for them. We talked a lot about whether a soft feel can be developed on the ground, whether horses are presenting a soft feel out in the pasture. I won't wreck any more of it. It does seem at times to be a lot of words around something that is really just a feely thing and an experience. However, as we are trying to talk to each other about our horses, understanding what we mean is very important. So I hope that you get some things to think about in your own horsemanship practice. If you enjoy it, please share it with somebody that you think might also appreciate it and subscribe to my channel. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. How is everybody this morning? Here's Michael. Good morning. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It is springtime around here. Not here. Oh, no. Do you guys have snow? Tommy, good morning. Yep. It snowed a couple days ago. It's freezing. It was kind of a rain snow. It was miserable. No. That's the kind we have all the time. Yeah. Felt like spring for a bit there. Did it? What's yeah. that? Stephanie was telling me, is that Fool's, Fool's Spring? Fool's Spring? I don't know. Do you even know? You're not from there? I'm from there, but I don't know about Fool's Spring. Yeah. She said there's Fool's Spring, and then you guys have, like, a few other ones, meaning, like, little pre-spring yeah. Teasers, I think, is yeah. what. Well, my dad was looking through old photos and he was saying this day, can't remember what year, not that many years ago, it was 30 or no, I don't remember how many inches. It was a lot of snow on this day, you know, whatever years ago. And then in 97, they got a dump of snow. 31 inches on April 6th. Oh, that yeah. is demoralizing. So Stephanie says it's full spring, um, second winter, and then mud season. Yeah. That's what are right. we? Wait, it's definitely been mud season. I suppose once it's all gone, it'll be even more muddy, which is just terrible. Yeah, it's definitely mud season. Mud season, shedding season. Horses are sloppy looking right now. So Am what's I... on your mind this morning? I don't know. I was hoping there was something on your mind. Well, I do have a novella report on the head down thing. So we talked about that last week. And it has definitely been working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you guys that didn't hear about it, um, one of the things that Gary really 
emphasized or that I noticed, it's not a new thing he's emphasizing, but you know, if you put your horse, your hand in your horse's mane and kind of push down a bit, um, either when you're halfway up, really, I mean, I think a lot of us check it from the ground, don't we? Most of us do. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, but it's different when you're in the saddle. And so checking that on all of my horses and novella, it definitely took a little bit of time to push kind of smooth out that resistance. Cause it's not just head down as we said last week, it's turned loose to me. And then mm-hmm. that turns loose the whole top line. So I definitely had checked it. And the curiosity was, would it fix the, what did we call it? I don't know. And so she would kind of squeal and, and brace oh. yeah, right as, right as you'd, you'd get off. It was just some random behavior that had clearly been added to her menu. <laughs> and so making sure that that brace was pushed out was a big deal and has definitely so far changed her mind about the negative reaction she had to me getting off. So that was really cool. It is interesting when it crops up, like she came with me. Oh my gosh, Michael, she came with me and taught the clinic with me last weekend. Oh, MG. Yeah, good, good. Really good. She's just so freaking cute, you know? And I really kind of thought that I would a little tiny bit have to work around what I could show. You know, I made sure that I thought that it would it would at least work. I wasn't going to shortchange the students. But also, Zora was there with me. So if I had to, I could be like, oh, can I borrow him really quick? But... Oh man, she did not have one little thing that I couldn't that I couldn't show. It was great. It's such good footing there that it is just delightful, you know, to ride in. But anyway, as I was sort of talking through some of these things, one time in particular, Corey will remember this. I was talking about balance, you know, just as we are doing things, we can affect the horse's balance more than we think we can just by our upper body and so I was sort of talking about that and I leaned forward and man that head like you know she's tiny but like we were talking about the horse's head is more of a danger than we think it is or could be right it's very rare but really it could be a thing and so she whipped her head up and it didn't take long for her to change her mind but it was definitely there. And Val said Michelle is certainly appreciating the head down. Um, it's been good for her. And Corey said that um, Novella was a little superstar. She kind of was. She, Corey did such a great job. Her horse was not feeling that great. So she um, graciously agreed to ride one of the rescue horses from Debbie's and just did an awesome job. I always, I definitely take, I respect someone a lot who's willing to adjust, especially at the last minute from what they thought was going to happen. And she had such a great attitude about it all and was excellent. So yeah, the head down 
I guess what I'm saying is after that one day that I had done it, I think maybe before we talked about it, right? Last week. Yeah. It, it was high, high on the menu for her, but there were other places that it cropped up that I thought was so interesting and then smoothed it out and on we went. The other really interesting thing was, so I had a feeling that she was going to be pretty connected to me because we're in a new environment and I'm who she's got, right? Although Zorro was around and it was their first trailer trip together. Actually, we got stuck in traffic. We were stopped on I-5 for two hours. Yes. Yeah, so. There there wasn't even snow to stop you? (laughs) It was a fatality. (laughs) Ew. Yeah. I'm like stuck on I-5 trying to get to the airport for like, I don't know, 10 hours when we lived out that way. Yeah, it was just because of the snow. And there, I don't know, lots of accidents or whatnot, but she was out there for 10 hours, missed her flight. I don't know when this was, like, probably 10 years ago now. Oh, man, 10 hours is no bueno, especially yeah. with the horse trailer. That would be horrible. Yeah, I was counting well, my lucky stars. She didn't have a horse trailer, but... I kind of figured. Yeah. <laughs> She's know. on her way to the airport. <laughs> As if she had one. She didn't. So, Novella is a rock star. Talk to you. So, mm, yeah, this is interesting. This horse is being connected to you um, and therefore drawing their support because I, well, both horses that I worked last night, I was out late because it was a busy day, and both of them we're having a really tough time being alone without me. But as soon as I walked up, I didn't even have to do anything. Didn't have to work them around at all. They just went, oh, okay, I'm cool now. It was there, and I, you know, riding, there wasn't any real draw or, you know, there's a little bit of a, I'd rather go that way, but not any emotional weight to the fact that they weren't with other horses or their herd or whatever. And and Degamo's actually that way too. Like he he is very herd boundy. Like take all the other horses out of the paddock and he is he'll be sweaty when you bring him back because he just is very upset. But never a a moment where he's been on a lead rope that he's been that he's even called out to another horse or he's just totally okay. So it's it's kind of neat. It so, is neat. A yeah. little bit of a responsibility. I remember Nigel would get that way, you know, and then I was like, oh, but now it's like you want them to be comfortable a little bit in their own skin, too. Yeah. But it is it is special, a good feeling when they get support from us. Like, of yeah. course, that's the dream. And not only on the ground, because I'm sure you've seen this at least where a horse can get a lot of support from the person on the ground, but then if the person is and vice versa, Mm -hmm. for sure. But uh, Zorro, 
and Novella rode in the trailer for the first time together. They'd never met before, but of course, after four hours in the trailer together, they were connected to some degree. So it was a little different than if Novella and I had just been there by ourselves. However, there was still some sort of a, a connection. And as we've talked about her expression and how that is all changing, she was much more apt to be soft for sure. But really interesting, on Sunday at the end of the morning class, Riley asked me to get on her horse and kind of show her I was helping her with stopping harder. And by the way, shout out to Riley Prettyman because if she listens to this back, she is doing an amazing job. I'm so proud of her. It's just great, which is not a surprise. She's been around Buck since she was born. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a few things that she's really taken a hold, and it is just a pleasure uh, to watch her grow. But she'd asked me to climb on her horse, so I was quite happy to do that. So I handed her a novella. And Riley's eyes got really big because as soon as I walked away, her expression was pretty gnarly. And, it, of course, Riley's like, I, I'm not doing anything, I swear. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. That Don't take that personally. That's just her being insecure. So, of course, when Riley, as I'm riding around, she would be looking at me, and Novella's expression would get softer. And then as she turned back towards her, it would be pretty dramatic. So it's really interesting to, to look over and be like, Whoa, that does look intense. Yeah. But, and I guess it didn't cross my mind, although now that I think about it, it's like, duh, of course, it's going to be individualistic at first. She wasn't really it, like that. It's interesting that when the, the focus shifted away from her that she was able to settle. Well, right, because I think she's she's really concerned about what might happen yeah. so yeah i mean it was it was pretty obvious yeah just interesting to see her evolve yeah kind of lets you know she's not as because you weren't sure how much she'd really been handled there's probably more in there that than you realize when you start seeing things like that well I know that she's been, I mean, she's been in barns, certainly, her whole life, but, yeah, terrible. She was terrible to bathe, pretty, pretty challenging to bathe. She's, she was a lot better about that. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But certainly more than regular horse behavior. So that's my, that's my update for her. So. What do I have to talk about? In the clinic this weekend, I had a little paint Mustang who had extremely uh, aggressive bit. Not a super long shank, but it was a high port. And it was basically a twisted wire on the sides. It was like really fine chain link, basically, or thin, thin metal on the, the links of the chain. I can just imagine how horrible it felt for the horse. And so I was like, you know, he 
I, I don't like to tell people you have to change your equipment. You have to do this. I'm like, of course not. Yeah. I want them to like come by that on their own. But then there's another horse that really is like, you just can't do any of this lateral stuff. I said, you know, you're, you're welcome to try doing some of this, but it's really just be very difficult for your horse to understand with with the bit you have and with the bridle you have going. So I, you know, they were willing to switch over to the snaffle, but she had ridden, yeah, she had ridden for a while, you know, before class started or whatever on this pretty horrific setup. And, you know, little guy was super obedient, wasn't troubled. I mean, he was like right there doing everything she wanted. Certainly not happy about it. And, you know, he wasn't even like, he didn't even look miserable, but he was just very, his personality was very obedient. So he was just like, I'm just going to soldier on and do my thing. And he was pretty bothered on the ground. So I'm sure there was some of that under saddle, but he hadn't really had any groundwork done. So he, that was new. Open water. Yeah. Yeah. So under saddle, okay, this is familiar. It hurts like hell, but got it. You know, I, turn with this, turn with that. And, you know, he'd been ridden, apparently, not a lot, but enough that, you know, his flexions were correct even, and he was riding off the legs, and there's some things going. And then we put her in the snaffle, and she starts doing hind quarter yields and all this, and it was kind of incredible. Like, in one sense, the horses were, this horse and the other horse that had a get-up that wasn't really going to work well, they relaxed more because they were very kind of on guard. Obviously, like if I put my head down or, you know, I'm going to get a severe amount of pressure, even though they're not meaning to be that heavy. They just have a, so much leverage there. Um, so the horses were like, oh, you know, we're able to relax. And I got them on a loose rein a little longer. Obviously, the reins were quite a bit longer than they had some pretty short, basically barrel racing reins on their get-ups. So then we switched to Snaffle, and both of them, the horse is kind of just all over the place. Even, I mean, relaxed, but just, like, no clue where to be. Yeah. Without yeah. putting their body there. Um, yeah. That's and, the thing. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, and then you're having to say, well, you know, this... This feels terrible now. Like, you feel like now I have no control. What the hell? Why did you put you me have in? You to convince. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is ultimately going to be better, but it's yeah. not the best right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, it took a while for them to kind of line out. And it, you know, I don't think either of them felt like, oh, okay, I, I'm back to where I had the control that I had, you know, with my bit, you know, jank bit going there. But, it's just hard. Well, in this case, it was very hard to explain the long range. Yeah. Benefit. Benefit and the the way the progress would happen and how it would take time, but it was worth it. And they were willing enough to put the snaffle on, but I'm not sure how much by the end of it they were convinced they really wanted to work that hard to be that clear. I mean, this is just a big responsibility if a horse has been kind of made to do anything and then you throw them in a snaffle and they 
you have to know what you're doing a little bit more to direct them clear and direct them clean because you can't just pick up the reins and basically make their body do something. Um, and, and they had no skill in that regard. I mean, everything was pick up your hand and kind of steer them like a you know, joystick sort of thing. And, <clears throat> um, but not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not in a good way. That happened uh, very dramatically when um, Wendy had been riding her horses, her Spanish horses, including Zorro, in the Spanish horse getup you know, that kind of that curb and what would happen when you take them out of that, although they were going, you know, very nicely and she's accomplishing all, all the things that she wanted to do. And she's a wonderful rider, but they were wiggly when mm -hmm. you took them out of that as a guide. And I guess that's not necessarily uh, what's the what am I trying to say? It's neither here nor there, kind of. Although, to me, I there's an element of self carriage that I I want, and I'm not, of course, in this scenario talking about um, vertical flexion, quote unquote, or collection. Let's just say I'm not talking about collection at all, but self carriage in straightness. Yeah. Or like if you're talking about a situation where you take off, you know, the guide of a more dramatic bit and suddenly your rectangle is humongous. Yeah. That's not really in the way that I'm thinking of it. It's not really self-carriage. No, the horse. Is it? I mean. The horse is not. I mean, in one sense, the horse is free to bounce around inside that larger rectangle. But the horse doesn't, they don't have the responsibility or they don't understand the responsibility. They don't understand the freedom of, I can just go forward because it's not anything that's ever really been given to them <laughs> to do. Yes. And so to me, I would like to know that the horse understands the center of the rectangle as something that is kind of bubbling up from inside of themselves versus being contained, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, yes, we're gonna use the edges, our ability to define the edge of the rectangle so that they come to the middle. Mm -hmm. But there's such, like, that is such a difference. Well, I was just talking about this with somebody else the other day. I can't remember, Peggy, actually. Was it Peggy? I think, um, or maybe Keith. We were talking about the difference between a horse trying to stay off the edges of the rectangle versus finding that center yeah. from within themselves, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Yeah. And, and right. that's, that's what I'm meaning when I say that the freedom to go forward straight. It's like if they've always been told this is how to be loosening up that they get all bouncing around rather than say oh here's my freedom to go forward and find exactly what you're saying there like the straightness the going like a horse would because they don't they're not wiggly in the posture they come by that very naturally if 
you give that to them from the start. You know, I mean, you start in Colt, you just ask them to go forward. They're not, I mean, sometimes you get out, or many times there's a lot of wiggle going on, but it's also not that hard to come by them going, oh, let's go forward. Because they're not used to being boxed in from their from their back and, you know, kind of made to be inside a rectangle. They just go, okay, now we're flowing forward. It feels very natural to them. For sure. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing. At some point, you are committed to holding them up <laughs> if you're going to ride, you know, in those kinds of bits. It's funny to me that folks get so comfortable with a horse, a tense horse, you know, a horse that's a little edgy. I am not at all comfortable with an edgy horse. They're more than comfortable with it. They want that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to be a little bit more comfortable with it. And not that that's a goal of mine, but just I'm definitely like, ah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. So you said, at a certain point, you have to hold them up if done poorly. Well, what I mean is if you are riding in those bits, let's just say, then then you're kind of committed to defining, unless, unless you're willing to go back to the wiggliness versus starting a colt, then, you know, you can just teach them to start, have that center of balance from, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it has that much to do with the bit except for you know the cases we're talking about it you know there was reliance on the bit and the defining the size of the rectangle pretty squishy not squishy in the sense of soft but squished you could use a bridle bit fairly thoughtfully and help a horse get into the rectangle without holding them up yeah maybe I think it will naturally define the rectangle more. Less more responsibility on the rider to release for, and not necessarily re- responsibility to release, but it's easier <laughs> to, to get a response from the horse when you start offering some sort of curb. I disagree. Know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I do. I, I think you can get away with getting not more out of the horse in terms of the quality we're looking for, but you can get with, I mean, these cows are a perfect example. Their horses were like, can I hear? And it wasn't great. And the horse wasn't feeling great about it, but the horse was put together with zero skill on their part. Oh, sure. Just, just pick up the reins and the horse had really <laughs> very little option, you know, you know, very little good luck doing anything else because his lip was going to get ripped off or his jaw versus okay now i'm going to ask and there's there's not that much on the table for the horse in terms of leaning into you know this bit that doesn't have leverage you're having to you know all the things we do wait on them offer it offer it softly wait on them release when you get the changes until they kind of find their way there on their own, not because of the leverage or the, the severity of the bit. This is exactly what I'm saying. That's why when when the phrase is, well, it's easier to get things, it's, 
it's like, I guess you could think of it that way, but it's, it's almost impossible to get what I want. Oh yeah. yeah. Because the horse has to have the ability to kind of adjust themselves to find that center. This is a big deal, right? Like what I'm one of the talking to the girls this weekend and kind of helping them um, in particular, like we use Noah's arcs uh, a good, we finally got to talking about that, which was very cool. And I didn't realize how much people were having trouble understanding that concept when I was demonstrating it with Zorro because he's too perfect. I'm going to sneeze, but you, <laughs> excuse me. Bless you. Because he's, it's too, he lives in a soft feel. So it was so um, blurry for them to, like, they were having to rely on my words so much, which I didn't realize. I love the fact that you, Debbie, you mentioned that to me about why it was so much easier to see it with Novella versus Zorro. And I'm so glad you said that because I really, I mean, it makes perfect sense that it was very difficult to visualize. But how it relates to the, to the discussion about the bit really how much we let the horses experiment you know so me talking to the girls it's like these horses are going to lose their balance they're going to have to lengthen you know you as the rider are going to have to lengthen the length of your reins lengthen the length of your reins adjust the length of your reins a lot as the horses are finding their own way to the center Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm saying it's difficult to do that in in a more to get the quality yeah to get the quality and the independence of the balance that you're we're wanting you have to it doesn't matter what you have on their head you have to be feeling for it and helping but also they have to be able to do it mm-hmm. the horse has to be able to play with that balance they have to have that basically an absence of structure Mm -hmm. it's a funny way of thinking about it really and i also the thing that i would know is that it's not just the severity of the bit because that one sounds a little yeah you know i wouldn't say that the spanish bits are harsh Right, I mean, it's like a straight curve. Everything's very. It's this is not a harsh bit at all. Some would argue it's it's gentler than a, a snaffle that has you know broken in the middle, um, but it still is a guide that the horses really learn to stay with. They re- learn to rely on. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And interestingly enough. On the bridal horses that I've made, the handful, you know, they were not wiggly laterally after, you know, I'm just throwing them in the snaffle bed or something like that after, for whatever reason, you know, Lil, Jax, um, Vivian. But I would say that with Jax and Lil in particular, I didn't notice this with Nigel either. So not with Nigel or Vivian, but with Jax and Lil, the what I lost in the bridal bit was 
a freedom at the base of the neck. Rolling that early? No. It's an opening, maybe. I don't know. Something. Not lateral. I guess that's what I'm saying, is they, they weren't wiggly. So that Good makes look. me... Mm -hmm. Which is good, right? Like, I guess what I'm saying is it. So, op opening at the base of the neck, we're um, having it come through the whole horse, you know, kind of a scoping out and then a lifting from there, as opposed to a little bit more I'm coming off this sort the of The scoping out would be a, gr a good description. Yeah. Because I, I can. I can see, like, little, like, pretty darn sensitive. She would, you know, maybe be inclined to scope out, and then you come in with the bridal bit, even if very, very lightly. She She's ready to come off of that, but it doesn't come through her. You know, the scope maybe gets contracted a little. Is that what I you're think. And then I also think that because we're not riding, I don't in a bridal bit ride the horses a little bit longer you know i mean you're a bit restricted by the length of your reins and romal reins the length of your reins really so so there's not the length in the rectangle that you would otherwise have mm -hmm. makes me think that I, I should like novella probably a bridal horse ride her bridalist or ride her in the halter or something or in the snuffle bit occasionally so that she can stretch and open her withers a bit more you see what i'm saying because the length of the rectangle is never really gets long anymore if you're riding in the bridal bit all the time mm -hmm. so maybe that's why for nigel and Vivian is less of a thing because they're kind of more compact little buggers anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, makes total sense. Interesting. It's more natural for them to, like with Zorro, to be compressed. Yeah, and well, I was just writing him last night. Finding that stretch is the word i can't think of a better word than stretch although it's really the the telescoping outwards that is a better description although i would guess that's really what the masters mean by stretching anyway but sometimes you know it gets lost in like oh put put their nose in the dirt it's like well kind of but as they're more educated and as they're more balanced it's really that telescoping outwards and Zorro definitely was not apt to do that naturally at all so mm. if you remember I did it in secret I was telling Lynn about this I a little bit did it in secret because you're really not supposed to put these Spanish horses like longer you know it is just kind of amazing to me how different your like it's, it's like you're Saying with the Spanish horses, because the Gama would be the same. or Yeah, he would. Yeah. Horse, maybe even a horse that's learned to travel that way. Maybe they're not even built that way, but they've learned to travel kind of tight and constricted and not going over their back and trapped, trapping the withers. <laughs> You're encouraging them toward this long stretch sort of thing. And then the other horse who's just like long and nose in the dirt and just slung out over their 
their shoulders as their way of going, you're going, let's come up this way. And so, I mean, you could be taking this one in this direction and this one in this direction, encouraging entirely different things on your way to something more like middle ground or whatever, the more ideal for both of them that will look more similar than the difference that you're encouraging in the process. 100%. So Davina would be a perfect example of the exact opposite. She must be 15 feet long mm-hmm. normally, you know, and there is no collection in that horse. Zero naturally. <laughs> I mean, you know, she has lots of suspension. She's very bouncy, but very, very long. So mm-hmm. for her to squash. But it makes it does make me think, you know, as she develops to not lose that. Mm-hmm. You know, to, it's a great you're saying it perfectly that we would like to preserve the range of motion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a word, right? Range, yeah. Yeah. So that the range of motion, but educate the horse as to how to maintain their balance within that range. Yeah motion right because i'm about one horse mabel that i started a while back and new family bought her the young gals just kind of it's her first horse and it's a perfect horse for her. but i mean she just would drive herself down into the ground i mean she just naturally wanted to travel with her head way down there and so you go to pick her up and she just like go into it because like just pushy and so Sam's been riding her, doing a great job. And so I got on her the other day and it's like, she's coming off of it. Like she's not really fighting when you pick up the reins to go down. She's coming up, but she's not, it's not going to the Hawks. She's not rearranging herself in a, let me move differently. It's still kind of just a, okay, now I'm not going to push on that because I know the release is up here rather than the release is down there. So for her, it's not the stretch out thing. It's like, you're going to have to put her in a bit of a bind saying, do more than just come up here. And it's not like she's over flexing. She's in you know a decent spot, but her, her body is like just a statue. I mean, it's obviously moving across the ground, but it's there's no way in which the soft feel and the elevation, the shortening of the rectangle is influencing the balance of the, let's say the torso, you know, the body of the horse. Right. Um, And yet, I mean, it has to some degree because she backs, you know, backs up a lot smoother, you know, her, she flows across the ground a little bit better, you know, so there's been some shift, but it's not like her, her stopping is not, she, she doesn't stop hard. There's no like stop and get ready to get back. It's, Which, how, how? Exactly. exactly. So, um, so yeah, that, that was just interesting to feel both the change there and yet the, but we're not quite there yet on her and that was a kind of shorten the rectangle element and then i was helping tom michelle's husband with uh his horse a couple days ago and also a sticky 
backup sort of situation where they're just kind of trapped down. But there it was, the horse had learned to kind of come up with the head and neck, the pole, but not have it go through the whole body. And so there I'm like, yeah, you want him to back up, but you got to give him more rain. Like you have to release not for him coming in and up. You have to release for him opening up a little bit and going down. And it was just incredible how he's like, well, it's just inconsistent. Sometimes he really backs, but you know, real light and responsive and with me, and it just feels wonderful. And other times like it feels like I, I could drag him back all day and he's never going to get off of it. Right. And I could wait on him. I we're just stuck. You know, and you can see the horse it is just stuck, just kind of trapped there. So it was, I was explaining, you know, when, if your horse's head is up here, you got that flexion while well, as they lower their neck. Now it's over flexion. So you do have to, if we're trying to encourage him from being up here to kind of lowering that so he can open the withers, you do have to also let the, let them extend through the, you know, open the pole and extend through their, you know, poke their nose out, quote unquote. And so now he's on this really loose rein. The horse's head is still... Yeah, about level with the withers, maybe even a little below the withers. And he just floated on back. It was like, he's like, yeah, this is how it feels sometimes. Like, okay, so let's just make sure we're encouraging that in order to facilitate backing rather than this. And what's interesting is he is very naturally, very, well, not naturally, he, he will tend to go very, driving himself into the ground nose low but tom is encouraged you know lift yourself but sometimes the front end comes up without the withers without him using his back and and the whole thing coming up at once his head and neck will get ahead of the rest of him and then it's all trapped and he can't really get up there remember on jack's the challenge was to not raise the head more than the hawks were conditioned do you remember that? Yeah. So, I, I just got little snapshots of your journey with him. I only, you know, I don't know that I saw you riding him that much, maybe half a dozen times. I, I just thought that you were maybe there in Dayton when Buck and I talked about it. So what? one of my bridal horses, you guys, uh, I bought this. Western pleasure horse, little bay Western pleasure horse with super straight hawks. So it wasn't a fancy one. <laughs> it had very straight hawks and, but nice, big, nice shoulders. Don't you think like he, he was not like, he didn't have super tight shoulders like nitro Corey. He wasn't like that. So he had, had nice open shoulders for the most, he really did actually laterally and longitudinally. But moving as a bridal horse, I mean, suits most horses, but it really suited him more. Yes. His hawks were straight, but it, he wanted to travel differently than really strung out. Some horses almost look like <laughs> this is the, the easiest way for me to go is strung out when they've been bred and trained that way. Yeah. It isn't, but yeah. So anyway. Well, so as I was developing him through the stages, he figured out, like you're talking about with Tom's horse a little bit, like he figured out 
that intellectually, you know, that it was about that the front of the rectangle should come up, right? Like he had that understanding and I would suspect it was pretty valuable to him. But there was a reality to how conditioned his hind leg had to be so that I wasn't raising the head and causing a break at the base of the withers because the hawks couldn't bend. Now, most likely that's not what it is with Tom's horse. I don't know, but, but that was a real thing. And I remember like suddenly thinking, oh, I bet these are not going together at a certain point, right? And so I had asked Buck about it. I'm like, can I, like, can you look, tell me where it looks like it's still united? The arc of the horse is united longitudinally because at a certain point you can raise the head and disunite the horse longitudinally, either from lack of understanding, which I feel like is a lot easier to make sure that you don't have a misunderstanding intellectually from the horse because of all the things that we do one rein at a time everything you know that we do one rein at a time not just baby stuff but like as we continue on right it it should stay connected if we just do things in order right yeah but if 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 you have a horse that that can that basically one half of his body develops at a different rate at the as the other half of his body front half versus back half yeah yeah Yeah. and it is just a much bigger shift a greater shift from i'm out stretched out here for a horse like jacks to i my leg is just say my hind legs are going to stay where they are you got to make a pretty substantial shift to even get the tail let's say out behind the hawks versus straight above the hawks totally you know and that's that's a real thing like you gotta rock it back quite a ways yeah versus horses that are you know their legs just right up there underneath them and their tail never goes in front of the hawks you know for for sure just kind of range of motion right partially Mm -hmm. and and strength you know, probably for Jacks too, there was an element of arthritis in in the hawks as well. So the muscles probably had to really overcompensate, sure. M- meaning develop more to provide. Yeah, I'm trying to. Do you remember? I'm not sure if this is the same week or you know year. Probably is that you were talking to Buck about it, but I remember sitting with Wendy watching you ride and one day both of us are like yeah. <laughs> i remember like just looks terrible and i think it was basically you saying okay find the spot here where we're at least united well we're at least connected if not balanced front to back and then the next day it was like holy hell where'd that come from because the horse was entirely carrying himself entirely different and was now very connected and much rounder, more powerful, more uphill, if you want to say. 
I mean, and it was like an overnight thing and not that you hadn't been building all that and it like switched overnight, but the way you prepared him the day or two prior to that to make sure it was connected and then say, now let's try this. It was, he was prepared to do it. He, the way you asked the, you know, day two, let's say he was asked in such a way that it didn't destroy or it didn't break. It didn't break. It's like, this is the only way I know to go. Right. You know, very long. And then when you pick me up, it breaks, you know, I just get this kind of contracted feel and, you know, that could, back to the curb bit and you know or a real severe you know shouldn't be in a horse's mouth ever bit they can have these automatic responses of okay i'm you know whether it be over curling or you know down low up high trap the withers maybe it goes through the whole body a little better on some horses depending how they've been ridden but they can have these automatic responses which for jacks i don't know exactly where he started or you know how the journey the development went but he's going to have these this is what you want from me this is you know the automatic response this is what i've been conditioned to do by you or folks beforehand his prior training but there was like a clean slate of balance of openness and then you asked in such a way that didn't trigger him back to disconnect am i yeah you're you you definitely are on target by the way you guys this is yet another example of my friends talking shit about me behind my back for a couple days but being loving me enough not to tell me to my face and then they confess a few days later (laughs) a few months later they're like we thought you were off track but Gosh, I guess you had it right. Hey, this but is he, one day. One day. Yeah, yeah. but months. sometimes it's months later, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, not as much anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's endearing. Somehow it's endearing to me. <laughs> I don't know how. The so, the, okay, no, go ahead. I'll remember. No, you say I was going to kind of trick us into something or tip us into something else. Go ahead. I was just going to say there that it was communicating to him, going back to the ingredients without any anything messed up, and then allowing him to put it together on his own rather than him being distracted by me saying, do it this way. And... You know, he's the one who taught me the principle, the philosophy of you get to move your own body because I didn't know enough. I wasn't him. So I didn't know how much he could bend his hocks. I didn't know how much he, you know, exactly what order to put or not what order, but what progression we, you know, where we were in the progression I'm not him. So I had to really figure out, side note, I'm sure I didn't do it very well in the grand scheme of things, but I really did have to put my mind on 
communicating a general idea to him and then letting him come up with how he could do it because it was no good me deciding because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So you're talking to Buck the other day and the soft feel, and this is kind of one of the things I keep wanting to talk about, about basically balancing the horse so that when you pick up the soft feel, it's kind of just, they're loose into it. They, it's natural for them to give. I'm, I'm thinking of that in light of Jack's, because that's kind of what we're describing here. And there wasn't a challenge for him to find it, but it was a, from what you're describing, I don't know that I saw it this way at the time, what you're describing is united, if not balanced, front to back. That allowed him, when you shorten the rectangle, to find a spot of proper movement, of improved movement, improved movement. So then I think of Mabel, and it's like, well, the more out she travels, the more horrific it feels. And it just does not feel like there's motivation on her part. And that's probably of our own not creating that motivation through release and reward and peace and whatever. But it feels a little bit more like the rectangle is going to have to, we're going to have to put her in a bit of a bind for her to go, you know, I really ought to try something other than just kind of hang out in here and not change anything or get constrict my trap the withers and constrict my flexion you know, it, it seems like she needs more than just let's get you perfectly balanced and then carry it forward in order to, because I, I understand how that can and ideally would take place. You know, lots of walking the hind end forward and a hind quarter yield and then sitting back over it in a four quarter yield and backing circles and arcs and transitions that you can on one rein bring the front end forward yet it remains that when she does go forward she really wants to she's not motivated to carry or travel any differently totally right that that oh go ahead well that is a lot what we were talking about with Katniss in Omaha. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so to do enough to say, look, explore some other options. You can move your own body, but explore other options. That's a very, very different thing from, you know, let's get you all balanced left to right and pretty well balanced front to back where we're just traveling square on all feet and just, floating across the ground and then I just pick up a feel and the whole it all just drops in there or the you know the the skull drops in pull just kind of turns loose and the the whole horse has pretty well already got everything going on they're already through to the hawk even without ever picking up and well and the thing with Jack's is by the time Buck and I had were having that discussion about as I was trying to weed my way through whether or not the longitudinal arc was united, he was so on the hunt for all sorts of subtleties by then. 
this was not a discussion at all with my horse about, Hey, you know, try something. I mean, he was always being like, I mean, he could perceive the subtleties of what I was thinking way beyond what I could tell him to do. So I think there's an element of that where the horse certainly needs to learn to look things that they could experiment with. Yeah. Learn to look, learn to search. It has yeah. getting away from pressure into looking for understanding connection piece. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm, it's farther down or it's farther along in, in the education, the curiosity, right? The curiosity is you be like, Oh, try, try something else of convincing at a certain point that you have to do for your horse to be like, what, what, what could it be? Mm-hmm. Right. And depending on what they have to learn, would definitely have to say like what you're, you're saying is kind of put them in a little bit of a bind so that being athletic with their hindquarters is even on the menu. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is that all the things that we do one rein at a time in a bind, it's just a lateral bind that helps them or can help them shift longitudinally as well. True. But then some horses you need to show the lead, them that yeah. two reins at a time is another communication should be, you know, a communication mm-hmm. tool of, of more. Mal- I do think that that's a thing for a lot of times you, but it's super handy to bend one hind leg at a time, either for creating collection or creating life relaxation too, I suppose, you know, but then, but then like what we were doing with Katniss or I, when I rode Riley's horse, the big thing, it was so cool because I think that for Riley, she's really prepared to see it. And her horse was really prepared to feel that moment when she did sit down and bend her hocks. So the horse was very prepared when she backed up and put a bend in her hocks. Like she was definitely doing that. And she was very prepared to hold it. But she didn't know that that was one of the things that she should do. And Riley didn't really know that that was one of the things that she could do. So it was pretty cool to be like, to, especially because Riley knew the horse really well. So to, to show her right here is where she needs to just hold it. If she knows to hold it, then she can completely stop in balance or she can do something athletic forwards whereas you know that place in a horse's education where you're like okay so we've backed up and then we've kind of relaxed and we've backed up and we've kind of relaxed or we've backed up and then we've walked off and then we've kind of gotten organized again there's that time where it's like okay horse now a new thing is for you to hold it Hold that bend in your hocks, feeling around for the timing and the development. Mm-hmm. Of that. Exactly. When they're prepared, both intellectually, yeah, understanding wise, and when they're prepared, like you're saying with Jacks, even physical, can they sustain this, and for how long? Fitness wise or strength wise. That's easier on some horses, I feel like, than on others. 
it'll be kind of curious with novella what were you gonna say i just said yeah absolutely i mean that's what we were talking about with zorro or horses that i mean they're just over the hind end they're they're kind of ready to go out the gate versus jacks or mabel or a horse that tends to be more stretch out katniss she's kind of funny isn't she how's have you been riding her a little bit i'm not sure if it's <laughs> if her it's or... yeah she does some unhelpful things for my neck i don't know what the combination is me and her but i've been riding plenty of other horses without issue and then i get on her and when the rides are really smooth and flowing, it's not too bad. But if there's any tension comes into her body, some some way in which that transfers from the ground to my vertebrae is not helpful. So I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes that's just a thing. Yeah, for sure. I, how, however, unfortunate it kind of is. I think that's that's just real. It's amazing how much different a horse looks when they're using their body correctly. Again, I guess it depends on the on the horse. Yeah. How dramatic that is. Well, and that's what Debbie was saying with Novella versus Zorro. Right. You know, oh, I'm glad you're riding her because I can see it. I couldn't see the difference as much. I'm so glad she said that because I would have been clueless because to me, it still feels, I can still feel it, mm -hmm. but novella still does stretch long, you know, but that whole thing of when, when you said earlier that a horse slotting into the soft feel as Buck was talking about when he and I were having that conversation. I remember correctly, he was saying that he doesn't pick up a soft feel until the horse is in balance. So pulling on two reins is not a thing. That's not a thing at all. It's just that you pick up two reins. Is that, was that your question? Yeah. So how does that play into Mabel or Katniss? They're different things because the soft feel then should be there but then showing them how to use it. Okay. I don't know. So what do you mean the soft feel is there? If it's not going to the hawks, how are we defining our soft feel? Oh, you're saying it's not going to the hawks. Yeah, like with Katniss or, or Mabel, it wasn't going to the hawks with Katniss, not to the degree we wanted or needed. I thought it was with Katniss, and she just didn't know to hold it. I don't know anything about Mabel, but with Katniss, she knew, she knew to find it. I mean, you were finding it in the backup. You were finding it oh. in the. This, this is true. This is true. You guys heard it here. What he means to say is you were right. You're right. I'm just saying, this is where you can say, I'm just saying. And I'd be <laughs> like, shut up. No, I, I, but. I guess I, being greedy, I'm like, well, it, it, she didn't sustain it, so she didn't really have it. But, yes, yeah, she did. We we had that understanding, particularly laterally, backing circles, turnarounds. Like, she understood to be there. It just, she didn't know how to carry that or travel like that. That's right. That's right. And, and those can be very different. And so 
but you can present it to a horse. And I think this is what Buck was talking about is you can present it to a horse at the perfect time when you're not really using two reins to create a shape at all. The rectangle is already there. So you're presenting two reins being like, oh, look, two reins could appear at the same time. This is how I think of it. Sometimes Buck doesn't think about it how I think about it. But this is this is my interpretation of it. And this is what it feels like to me. So then you have the soft feel, but then the horse has to understand what to do in that shape. But that's different, I think, than creating the shape. And so Noah's no. Ark is a huge way to find more steps. Is they're more apt to give you steps in a row that you can then have two reins present and they're like, oh, but you're still gonna have to show them to do something with the two reins present there. And that's a whole excellent tool then in and of itself. But you see, I mean, I'm just thinking about it in the sense that showing them two reins as part of defining the front of the rectangle is one thing. And then using it, another, Buck and I talked about it, you saw, that is what we said, showing them a soft feel is one thing, and then using the soft feel to help with balance or to help with power or whatever, they are two different things. It's defining and maybe it's individual or maybe doesn't need to be defined, but defining the difference or the, this, the spot where it switches from one to the other is a little bit like it. It's the F word. <laughs> feely. It, yes. It's, it's feely, but it's also kind of a blend. Because mm -hmm. if there's an interruption in there, I mean, I don't know. I guess an interruption in there isn't ideal. Is I guess maybe just all I'm trying. Well, I'm just thinking of. It should flow one right into the next without this big like pause between hand between times. Yeah, eventually. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking of Novella with showing her the Noah's Ark, one rain at a time, one rain at a time, and then pretty soon you have steps on the straight that you can just both reins can be present and the horse is going to be round in it. It doesn't last very long. You're not going to try to hold it into the next curve where she is. Mm -hmm. But pretty soon you have more and more steps where you can put moving forward in a soft feel on the menu, two, three, four steps in a row on the menu. And that should be plenty for the horse to understand that the presence of two reins does not mean slow down or stop. Yeah. That's plenty of steps. If you were plenty, don't you think? Four? Way yeah. lot. And that's not hard for the horse to figure out. No. And and they should athletically pretty, you know, especially if you've done all your lateral work and all of that. Because at that stage, you're not expecting a very short rectangle. It will shorten because you're switching from one curve to the other. We should ask Buck about how that works into presenting a soft feel in the short serpentine. Because he and I have talked about Noah's arcs 
not, I told him about my idea about it. Um, this is a little bit my labeling something just to be able to talk to my friends about it. But but how it relates to the short serpentine, because really it's the same concept as, uh, as the short serpentine, just bigger shapes and at all the gates. I haven't really talked to him about whether or not he thinks of the the short serpentine as starting to present a soft field. He talks about it creating collection one rain at a time. I don't think he, or at least not the way I've understood it, uh, used it as a way to present the soft feel. And he tends to pick up the soft feel on the street, but I'm, that's what I'm talking about anyway, too, in, in Noah's arcs. But there is, there is, it doesn't matter, I suppose, where you find that place of perfect balance, wherever it is, where the horse is carrying themselves, which is the whole point, right? So then you can Relic present. speaking. So that's what I'm talking. And it's this kind of blend between what are we calling the soft feel and what are we saying? Okay, now you have a soft feel. That does come down to the crux of the matter, right? Like, what are you defining? I'm just saying the soft feel. And then it's like... All right, because, I mean, that's not something that we've defined. We're pretty good at... We do. This is how we define it. Soft feel. Yeah, the air quotes. I don't even know. I think everybody has probably a different understanding of that. Where it switches from one to the other switches or I don't know when you start moving into one versus the other. So off the top of your head, how would you define the soft feel? I mean, like we were talking earlier at going through the whole body down to bending the hocks, the, the, they're basically, it's a front to back, a longitudinal connection that can shift weight front to back and soft feel is generally we're shifting back. I mean, that's not, so when you say that's not a complete explanation, but there's a kind of, I would say the essence of it. Mm-hmm. So when you say it, you mean the soft feel? Yeah. Well, because like we were saying, the, the, the road there on this horse versus that horse might look entirely different, but the, the point of this horse stretching or that horse shortening in order to help them get lined up longitudinally so they can feel one rein or two and have it go through the body to the hind end. So would you say that the soft feel part of the definition of the soft feel is the presence of two reins? No. Right. I know these are no. things to think about. Okay, so, I'm saying like when we're talking now, what do we mean when we say it? Yeah, we should chip away at it. Yeah. yeah. I guess I've avoided that a little bit just because everybody can certainly there's no reason necessarily that everyone has to have conversation wherein we understand one another and it's clear. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll find in any number of ways. Or we could say soft feel stage A, B, C, or D, right? I mean, well, or component A, B, C are all involved. 
Well, and then that comes back down to the question of, is the soft feel something that is an, is just, is it an aid? Is it a shape? Is it an idea? Like, I suppose it's all of those things, really, when people are talking. But to me, right, the second, if I had to, I would say that the soft feel is a shortening of the rectangle beyond what the horse at rest, however long the horse, not at, not standing still at rest, but but in very low expenditure of energy, right? Moving across the ground without any. Yeah, not necessarily, you know, super floppy, but. However, they tend to travel. It'll be different. Yeah, however, mm-hmm, exactly. And then shortening the rectangle to adjust their way of going to some degree. Whilst the horse is turning loose, basically, the horse turning loose to a shortening of the rectangle. Okay, but now you have to say the shortening of the le- rectangle with straightness or is. No. Of course not. Well, but are we then saying that a hindquarter yield, a balanced hindquarter yield, is a soft feel? Could be. Could be. Absolutely. Because what if you're going to do a canter pirouette, you're saying you're not in a soft feel. We could say that the horse is straight on an arc. Straight on an arc. But then you've you got to say. Well, because even I'm thinking whether it's. Lateral movement, but that's lateral movement, as is leg yield, as is everything else. Yeah, I mean. Certainly would be in a soft feel in all of those movements. Yeah. So this is a little bit like we're going to define the front of the rectangle or the the length of the rectangle, not just the front. But we're going to define the length of the rectangle because it's not just the front, obviously, as we've said a million times. It's it's not just the front. It's more realistically, the back, you know, but we're going to define the the length of the rectangle a little bit shorter or a lot, you know, but a little bit shorter than what is natural to the horse in in that moment and then have the horse turn loose to us. So it also can't be just the length of the rectangle because in some horses it's length or shortening the rectangle and some horses it will be lengthening the rectangle to get it all connected. Either by body style and kind of somewhat, I want to say extreme movement or just stylistically and or a horse that's been trained hooker by crook by hooker by crook to travel a certain way. Well, we can say that the rectangle can be hella short and it not be thought feel. Yes, but that would be the absence of turning loose. I was just going to say that. I guess that would not be turned loose. You got to do all sorts of other things to turn yeah. the horse loose longitudinally, and that would certainly be one rein at a time. And, mm-hmm. and but you could and and you could use two reins to get that idea across. You've seen, you know, sometimes that works really, really well. Like squash down even more, and then there's going to be a, a natural. Because if you squash the hawks down beyond what, what is necessarily comfortable, then they're naturally going to want to lengthen out a bit. But 
yes, we're using two reins to accomplish that idea, but that's, it's not like we're using a soft feel. Well, it's not a soft feel. That's using no. two reins at a time. Hmm. I'm just curious how much this is you and I mind melding and how much people are <laughs> following, you know, not saying it's, it's something that they wouldn't understand, but it more just, do we? Although we love them, do we care? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe we don't. It's just because, like, we could be lost in this totally understanding one another. Because I feel like I'm pretty well tracking with everything you're saying. I'm feeling like you're understanding the way I'm saying things. I'm just wondering if that comes across to other people or we're just going to hear cabinet one another like you said before if it's valuable to you valuable to me hopefully it's valuable to other people i i just enjoy it cool but i like a good old i think overall for for us to pursue the conversation of how these horses are developing it's very important to talk about the the soft feel it kind of scrambles the brain and at the same time adds clarity Ooh, it makes me wish i were bolder in asking for clarification who said that it was val oh val yeah oh yes well do ask well, clarification. that's fine too bad you didn't have a nicer teacher huh val <laughs> just kidding i, I uh Michael is our teacher. <laughs> Some the other day was here during their lessons because Val and Joanne and Julie and Julie come down regularly. And she said, I wasn't even sure I wanted to have a lesson with you when I first saw you because you were teaching those. And I'm just like ridiculous. I'm pretty hard on them. And in a, in a you know, Joking. You guys have your own culture. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. people like look at it from the outside. They'd be like, wow, he's really kind of coming down hard on him. And they understand it's as much. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so I think I think we have to have this is all I'm saying. In, yeah. in order to, to dive deeper, that I don't suppose we have much, much of a choice. And... That's, that's, I guess, the long and the short of it is we are going to have to come to some agreement about what we're saying the soft feel is in order to explore each horse's development. So are we saying a shortening of the rectangle beyond what, I mean, that was your definition, and I, I can see that and I'm willing to shortening the rectangle beyond what the horse kind of would naturally carry in a really kind of un, what did you say, low exertion? Is that the word you use? Not low exertion, but right. sustainable. You know, they're kind of sustainable way of going naturally, undeveloped. I mean, I'm just thinking about trotting across the pasture versus us out of the picture they meet a new horse and they puff themselves up and you know the whole rectangle gets poofy as you say you know that that would be them shortening the rectangle of their own accord but they don't stay that way 
Yeah, and a lot of times they're not squashing down the hawks because they're stretching forward a good amount. Yeah. But, I mean, there's plenty of times that I would – well, this is a good point. I, I was going to say there's plenty of times where I would see oh, – we can observe, oh, there's a soft field, there's a soft field, there's a soft field out in the pasture. Then we would have to add the soft field by definition involves a person. Does it involve a person sitting on their back? Because I would say no. I would absolutely say that I consider developing a soft feel on the lead rope. And that's the genius of the groundwork, right? Is it does develop a soft feel. I bet you Buck would agree with that. That'll be a good one for me to ask. Somebody write that down. Be like, <laughs> on the next conversation to ask that question. That'd be good to hear him talk about. I think so, though. So then now we've removed the definition of having the person on the horse's back. So I don't think it's something we can decide right this second. But it bears thinking about. Shortening the rectangle beyond whatever we're going to call it. To add athleticism. Okay. Some degree of athleticism. Need there be the presence of vertical flexion, and how are we defining vertical flexion? Vertical flexion is a compression of the hind leg. Okay. Yes, Good. it has to. Yes, it has to add some vertical flexion. Okay. In order to increase athleticism. Okay. Fair enough. Just making sure we were. <laughs> that's where I was going, and that's what I thought you would say. But I was just making sure we're ending because we do have to run here. We're ending on the same page. You know, before we are on to another conversation entirely next time and haven't clearly defined our terms. I better go write down, you know, you write it down so Buck can, so you remember to ask Buck about it, but I better, okay, so, our definition of terms. Yes, and he, there's no way that he's going to go into some big long discussion about the soft field unless I plant it in his brain right now, which we certainly could do, but the question is, do you consider your groundwork to develop a soft feel? Yeah. He's going to say yes. Of course he's going to say yes. What is he going to say? No. Unless he says no. <laughs> my, my, it's required to be sitting on the horse. As, but he's not going to say that because on a colt riding one rein at a time, there is a moment of the soft feel when you go hindquarters, forequarters. We'll see. It's not up to us to decide. And his definition doesn't necessarily have to define our definition. Yeah. yeah I mean, we could even have different definitions as long as I understand what your definition is and you understand what mine is. Then we can communicate clearly. But yeah, it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts on yeah, did I tell you I'm not going to get to see him next week? So originally, I was supposed to be riding uh, at the San Inez Clinic this coming weekend. Not this coming weekend, but next weekend. But uh, some equine herpes virus going around. So I think quite a few, several, a few California clinics were canceled. So Disappointing. more time riding here. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people that were very much looking forward to that and are disappointed to not have that opportunity this year mm -hmm. i do hear the buck channel should be any day now we've been hearing that for a lot of days now i know i'm pretty sure we're getting closer getting closer getting closer <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay 
Well, I hope you have a good week. You too. Hope it stops snowing. And everybody with us here, have a good week. Yes, and we'll see you guys next week, 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. All right, guys. See you next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. If you did, remember to subscribe to my channel so you get notified as I publish new episodes. It would be really fun to see you live some Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Instagram. If you'd like to see the Horsemanship in action, you can become a member at horsemanshipinsider.com. I did just publish our first tiny challenge, which is super fun. And I now have cold starting videos with Gary Bailey, which I had no idea I was going to get a chance to share with all of you. So please consider being a member there. I hope everybody has a good week going forward. Let's connect soon.